The wolf is here. The Lone Wolf Beard Company is Colorado's premium beard company offering 100% all-natural products to bearded beasts of all different shapes and sizes. Pick up your original scented product now and stand out from the pack. Because hey, let's be honest, you weren't meant to be in a pack and you were brought in this world to stand out and leave a mark. So unleash the wolf within, howl at the moon, and conquer your goals. Leave a mark, be a wolf, and seize the day. That's the Lone Wolf Beard Company. Colorado's premium beard company offering 100% all natural products. Alright everybody, welcome to the comments for the Peanut Gallery podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm here with my man, Daniel Scary Carey, coming from Conquer BJJ down there in Ada, Oklahoma. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, how are you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. So it sounds like you've got yourself some pretty good stuff going on out there. I love that shirt. Damn, Daniel. So so for the people out there listening, where can I where can they follow you? Uh you can hit me on uh Facebook, uh Daniel Scary Carry. And then uh I'll accept any friend requests I get on there as well. I have a fan page, which I just said, and then my regular page. Awesome. Man. I think that's what I got right now. Okay, so uh, so are you uh, you connected with the team page? Do you guys what's the Conquer page? I think you just go on the, the Conquer website. Uh, it should be on my page as well. Okay. Now, obviously, I'm not internet savvy, or I would be telling you way more. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, you're good. Just want to make sure all the people out there follow know exactly where they can uh, they can follow you and track your progress as you come along. So what what's on the what's on the schedule for you? What's on the iron? Uh, well, I got told I was going to be on the Bellator card. Uh, I want to say July thirteenth. I have no idea about my opponent or anything like that. And, uh, they haven't sent a contract, but I'm hoping to be on that. I know I'm an alternate for the contender series, and as of right now, that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, still, that's uh, that's some pretty big, uh, pretty big potential bouts that might be on the horizon for you with those two talking to a couple of people out here at the LFA card this last uh, this last Friday night like uh, Brian B. Rod Rogers he spoke very highly of you as well out here he's another Bellator guy yeah. so yeah, uh, like with, yeah. oh yeah definitely very very uh, very nice guy the Predator so for you out there what uh, I guess tell us more about your story what's uh, you know what what's you, what's make you, what makes you scary carry? Uh, I think uh, my coach kind of gave me that, that uh, nickname because I would work at a factory and I work 16 hour shifts, get off at 7 in the morning, I get off work after working 16, go put in a few hours with him, go to sleep for 4 or 5 hours, come back, teach kids class and train with him. And he kept talking about, you know, oh man, this work ethic scary yada 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 you know I mean I'm sure you know who Cortez is so yep. you know how much he talks and then uh, that's kind of where that came from now I get more sleep so it's it's a little easier <laughs> makes total sense when you could actually rest oh yeah yeah for sure four hours sucks <laughs> yeah there's no doubt about that so what what would you say you know talk talk to us a little about yourself stylistically what uh, what do you bring to the table I tend to want to stand. Um, I had a Muay Thai background. I went 
16-3-1 in amateur multi-tie in California and a little bit here in Oklahoma. So I tend to want to stay on heat, but uh, the majority of my training is on the ground because that's where I lack at right now anyways. And uh, so, you know, as long as it stays on the feet, I feel relatively all right. My two losses come from, like, uh, wrestlers. I tend to uh, be hitting them quite a bit, and then I'll get taken down. And at the time, I didn't know how to get back up because I didn't have an amateur MMA career. I just went straight pro. And, uh, you know, I'm learning. I'm definitely learning. Learning. Well, that, that's a start there. So would you say with that, you know, someone who hasn't had as much of a, you know, a grappling background on that side of things, in your experience, what are, you know, what do you, what do you find that you have to train a little bit more, the wrestling side or the jiu-jitsu side? Or kind of a cohesive mix? Uh, probably a mix. I do jiu-jitsu every day, and I, have, uh, I do wrestling probably two to three times a week, and then a lot of wall work getting up off the wall, stuff like that, trying to use that cage to get up, because that was a problem in my first loss. Uh, he just mauled me cage and he died a decision, and I didn't really understand at the time how to get up, and now I, I've kind of notified that. I feel pretty... If I get my back to that cage, I'm getting up. Okay, okay. That's, that's pretty fair right there. I feel like just more and more, you know, with some of the fights that you see, having that aspect of your game is, it's crucial. It's pivotal to be able to dictate where the action takes place. Oh, yeah. Wrestling is definitely a big part. And uh, I know it's kind of hindered me not grappling and stuff before Muay Thai and all that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming around just fine. I'm actually competing this weekend in a grappling tournament. It's uh, just something I do while I'm fat and out of shape. Where, uh, where's that at? I think it's in Dallas. Uh, I have a sponsor paying for it. But, hey, what's the name of uh, the sponsor? Hold on one second, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. It's a, uh, is it Jack Jack? It's an oil company called Jack. That's all I know. I have barely talked to the woman. Okay. But uh, thanks for her. Our team's going out there. We're going to compete and bring back a bunch of medals and stuff. That's awesome. Are you? Is it going to be web-streamed? Is it live-cast? Anything along those lines? Uh, no, I think it's just like a local tournament there in Dallas. We're all going to drive up there and kill a bunch of people and then come back. <laughs> nice. How far is that drive? Uh, man, I think it's like three hours from Ada. So it's quite a drive, but... It could be a lot worse, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How's the, how's the weather out there right now? Is it getting uh, getting hot and humid already? Oh, yeah. I think it's like 90. Then the other day it was raining. It was cold. And then the next day it's literally 90 degrees. So it it's just Oklahoma weather. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. I, I have heard many a stories of the crazy humidity out there. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm from California, so I've never seen snow until I came out here. And when I first came out here, it was snowing, and I was thinking, oh my god, this is horrible. Now I see it every year, but the weather out here is just something else. Just crazy stuff. So what brought you to Oklahoma from California? Uh, I kept having a falling out with my dad when I was, uh, I started training Muay Thai when I was 16, and I had some amateur fights, and my dad kicked me out, so I went, like, homeless. And I would go in and out, like, uh, I would 
be at the house with him, and then he'd flip out, kick me out, so I, like, sleeping underneath bridges, stuff like that. And finally, kind of had enough, and uh, got a hold of my mom, who lives in a town kind of close to here, and uh, I came out here and stayed, basically. Now I got a family and, and all that. So that's why I came out here. That's that's but, a incredible journey on that side of things, man. I can only imagine you know, the some of the adversity that you've had to face from that. Oh, yeah. I've, I've slept underneath the bridge. Uh, I've had to eat out of a garbage can. That sucked. You know what? Oh man, it, yeah, there's, you go from that to having a job and stuff and it's, it's life's pretty easy. And I see these kids nowadays complaining about stuff. It's just, they have no reason to complain. No reason. You'd overcome anything with hard work. You just work hard, you get what you want. That's uh, that's definitely a personification of that sentiment right there. So, were you training during that? Were you, you know, were you competing? Were you still, were you doing Muay Thai through that time frame, or what? What was that looking like? Um, when I was uh, when I didn't have a home, when I was homeless. Right. Uh, occasionally, I trained at a, a gym. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It was such a long time ago. I think it was called Pacific Ring Sport. It was in Oakland, uh, California. Great gym, nice people, all that jazz. Um, I, I would like uh, go to San Francisco and go and buy condoms with names on it, right from uh, from Chinatown. And I would go up to the middle school, sell them, and then I would use that to pay my gym fee and my park ticket. It's the tram public transit there. So I, I trained a little bit, but you know money was harsh and I was hungry, so. I wasn't a professional or anything like that. Right. And then when I came out here, uh, there was a little local gym with a heavy bag, no training partners. And uh, I trained a little bit, and I had a few fights, but then I took like five years off. And uh, met Cortez, and then now I'm, I'm where I'm at now. That's so I'm kind of getting a late start, but... Either way, that's a pretty incredible journey. I'm sure just the uh, the mental strength that you've acquired through those time through those hard times that has to play a major benefit for you now at this point i mean that that's just mental fortitude that you can't forge from nothing you can only gain from having to experience that sort of adversity oh yeah for sure just i don't know how to describe it just too many people want stuff without doing stuff for it and like uh, like instant gratification, you know, like uh, getting likes on Facebook and all that. And I don't give two shits about that. I just want to compete and have a good time as I go. You know, the money is just a uh, a plus, I guess. You know, no, definitely totally a plus. So, what's it like being linked up with somebody like Cortez? I mean, obviously uh, a very large personality and somebody who's been there, done that with some of the best of the best. He. Beats the shit out of me on a regular basis. I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to cuss. I, I just, no, you're you're clear, free, free, good to go. All right. Well, uh, I play around a lot, and uh, he definitely makes me pay for it for sure. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a he's a character. That's awesome. So a lot of experience from that man. What's a you know what's a tra- what's your training type of routine or what's your schedule look like? Is it you know a specific day by day? One day is one specialty or one drill set versus another, or are you just kind of in and out of the mix each day, or what's that look like for you? Well, uh, it, it depends. 
right now I'm just now getting back into training. I, I pulled my hamstring, so I was out, and I got I gained a little too much weight, and uh, so now usually Monday morning or evenings boxing, and then that night is jujitsu, and then we have an option to do Muay Thai again later. Tuesday is uh, strength and conditioning, and then no gi and MMA training. Wednesday the same as Monday. And then Thursday is the same as Tuesday. And then Friday we take all day off. And that night is sparring. Saturday is open mat. And then Sunday I can do whatever I want on Sunday. So uh, what's your favorite? Probably open mat and sparring. I like kind of doing what I want. And then sparring is the whole reason why I'm in the sport. I like to compete and get hit and hit people. So that's always fun. So are you a hard sparring guy? Are you going, you know, pretty much full tilt? Are you more so on the drilling end of it? What What do you prefer, or how do you go about it? Uh, well, I think brain damage is kind of a big part of the sport, and then we shouldn't be going hard, but everybody knows what channel we're on, so I let the other guy control the volume, you know what I mean? Right. I'll go as hard as my sparring partner goes. Me and Cortez have to pick it up. I try to... T I try to I spar harder with Cortez. He may be going easy with me, but I'm trying to take his head off. Makes sense. Well, I mean, I'm sure, too, at the same time, for a guy like him to get a look, somebody has to kind of turn it up a little bit on him. You know, just given that he's seen some of the best global competition that you can across the board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, <clears throat> he, I don't think he gets enough credit for his striking, because he'll come in here, we have some good strikers, and... He won't even have a mouthpiece, and he'll just be boxing and shit. And I'm like, you fuck crazy. I wouldn't do that. You're out of your mind. But I mean, I have no problem hitting him whether he has a mouthpiece or not. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you're gonna be yeah, in, you're gonna be in there, right? <laughs> right. Well, it's just always interesting to hear the philosophy as it comes to sparring and things of that nature. And you, you know, you mentioned the elephant in the room as it comes to the brain damage and all that sort of stuff. I found it kind of interesting. I was listening to an interview with Kevin Lee about a week ago after yeah. the Barbosa fight even, and he said that, you know, his sparring style is their balls to the wall. They're going hard pretty much all the time. And I'm just like, man, like, you're only 25. You have the, you know, you have such a high potential. Going that hard every day, or going every every sparring session, that can't be good for your longevity. I feel very similar. I mean, I, I like uh, not having headaches. That, when I did Muay Thai, when I first started, that's how we sparred. And, uh, it just I would always have headaches. My knees would always be jacked up. Just stupid stuff. And now I can, I mean, we can spar every day and, and be fine here. Like, I mean, some days it does get turned up. Fridays, it, some it depends on who you're going with. And uh, you know, I mean, it, sometimes it gets heavy, but it, nothing too crazy. We're not out of here trying to kill each other. Within reason, anyways. Well, I mean, it's understandable that you know when you're in that element of sparring and whatnot that every now and then it does get a little bit tuned up it is you know it is an emotional situation or it is a spot to where you know you can start to run a little wild i guess yeah now uh we, sometimes he takes us to his uh boxing coaching in uh Ardmore. it's like uh 45 minutes away now when we go there it's just boxing and it that's probably 100 percent uh I mean, we got headgear and stuff on but those, I mean, boxers go at it, and those guys, man, that's it's like rolling with a black belt. You just get the shit beat out of you. You learn something every time. But uh, I particularly don't like to spar hard enough. 
So, you know, we you mentioned kind of a good point there, going and drilling with some specialists on the, uh, you know, on the boxing side of things. How much different, you know, how much of a difference is it speed-wise going through just flowing and sequencing with, uh, with boxing specialists as opposed to, you know, MMA guys or guys from your, from your Muay Thai background? Uh, well, I only had one training partner when I was doing Muay Thai. His name was Kevin Rayford. He's also a pro fighter. And uh, when we sparred, he would basically just beat the shit out of me. Uh, he's, I think he fights at 85, maybe, or I fight at 45. So uh, that was horrible. That's, I mean... It was just horrible, but it made me tough, and I mean, I definitely take a shot. We never really drilled, ever. It was hit the bag, sometimes you hit mitts, and you sparred a lot. That's all I did for Muay Thai, and uh, so I, I've never had any other looks until I came here and started training with Cortez, and uh, the gyms that he has taken us to, I, I prefer to kind of flow with stuff, and then uh, maybe once every other week or every Friday, you know, you can spar and then get hit pretty good, but I don't ever go 100%. Makes, I mean, it make, makes total sense to not be, you know, not be all in that way. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned being an alternate for the Contender Series. What does that look like? Like, how's that process in terms of selections and all of that work? Uh, I don't know. I just got told by my manager and he told me to get ready, so I was like, all right, uh, well, all right, I guess I'll start eating healthy and getting my weight down. Nice. So I guess I'll get a call. I, I don't know. That's just what he told me. So he, can, he could be full of it for all I know. But right. I'm running with it. You know, if I get a call, I'll be ready. As long as you're prepared, right? Oh, yeah, it's all funny. Who's your manager? Uh, Cortez Coleman and then David... His last name's running a blank right now. Gotcha. They, uh, gotcha. they co-manage me. Okay, okay. There's a lot, lot of big names that are starting to make their come up on the uh, the mixed martial arts side of things out there. So just always interested to hear in who represents who. Right now, it's fine. So what about your sponsors? Who all uh, who all runs sponsorship for you? Aside from uh, we mentioned Jack earlier, who else? Uh, Ada Nissan has been a big sponsor for me. Uh, they don't sponsor me monthly, but they definitely, uh, they hit me every fight. You know, I go to them. Usually they, uh, they fork over some cash for me. And I also work for them, actually, at the moment. And, uh, that's really my two main ones. I'm wearing my fight truck right now. And all I got is my gems on there. Okay. And then, uh, Cortez's company, I think it's a logo star what it's called they make pretty awesome shorts and, I didn't know uh, that he had really that going awesome. too he's got, yeah, he's got his hands in a lot of different cookie jars oh my goodness does he I mean he has ADD for a reason I mean he's everywhere all the time <laughs> hey that, that's not a bad thing though when you're trying to uh, try to make a brand for yourself no no it's not uh, he's, a, he's a wild man so uh, so when uh, when it comes to Time to cut, or you know, what what do you normally go through? What's your process? Are you close to weight typically, and then you're not a hard cut, or are you kind of a, you know you walk around heavier than camp is? Camp's kind of a bitch because you got to cut a lot. Well, see, this is the part that uh, I kind of wish I had more of an amateur background in because I'm, I'm new to cutting weight, so I tend to get. Well, I've had probably like three fights where it was a really hard cut 
because I, I started my cut at like 65 or even 70. But my last Bellator fight, I started week of the fight. I think I was like 160, which is perfect when you dehydrate and rehydrate and all that jazz. That's perfect. So I, I try to start like uh, get my body weight down as low as possible, usually in like between 55 and 60. If I can get there, it'll be an easy cut. If I'm above 60, then I know I'm probably in for a little bit of a hell that week following, you know, the weigh-ins or whatnot. Right. But, um, yeah. So in Oklahoma, do they have uh, do they have hydration as a portion of the testing anymore or, or in their protocol yet at this point? No. Not yet? No. I heard California was doing that, but I don't know nothing about it. And, uh, I mean... I'd be fine with it as long as they added more weight classes. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm too little to fight at 55. You know, 45, I, I tend to be the same size as everybody or smaller. Gotcha. But 55, I'd be itty-bitty. Makes sense, sir. Makes total sense. Right. It's just always, like say, it's interesting to hear because different people from different areas, obviously, you know, different state commissions, all that sort of stuff. And I knew that California had been one of the big ones on the forefront there with it. Right, yeah, I heard that too. And then uh, some places are getting rid of IVs. Uh, man, I, I'm on the fence about that. I think uh, having a rehydrated brain, if you're, it's part of our culture now to dehydrate and make weight. So wouldn't you help your your athletes by rehydrating with the IV? To me, it just makes sense, right? Like the brain will be fully hydrated. They won't be lethargic when they're out there, less brain damage, but... I don't get paid to think about that type of stuff, I guess, but... No, you just get paid to go out there and do the entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, no. well, I mean, I, I agree with you there. You know, it would make sense that I, you know, to be at your optimum performance and peak condition, that you would be allowed to rehydrate. It makes no, total, it would make total sense on that side of things. What do you feel about in the sense of, you know, guys who go through an extreme cut and then once they get the chance to hydrate, you know, or to rehydrate, they blow up, you know, 20, 25 pounds? What do you think of guys in that kind of instance? Well, I am that guy. Because uh, when, I, when I cut, um, I fight at 45. So usually, like, the next day, I'm 65, whatever. So I, I can weigh in at 45. And the next day, I'll be 65. I mean, I don't like doing it, but, I mean, it's just part of it. I had faced opponents that weighed, like, 170 the day of the fight. And, uh, I don't know, my, my coach always gets on to me because I'm always real nice to everybody. I talk to them, you know, it's probably a, a downfall. My last opponent was a douchebag, but other than that, I've liked everyone. And, uh, it is what it is. It's, it's just part of the sport at this point. Makes sense then. So what I, you know, with that being said, I like always asking this question in relation to weight cuts. What's the hardest food for you to cut? Or what's the, what's the one food that's the, the biggest pain in the ass for you to not be able to eat while you're trying to cut weight? Pizza. Pizza? Yeah. Oh yeah, my kids love it, man. I, I have three kids, two daughters and a boy. And it seems like whenever I'm cutting, they're talking about pizza, or they're going out and getting pizza. Well, I don't know, man. It, it's just so much food just popped in my head. Like, uh, we got a Brahms here, which is like an In-N-Out burger almost, uh, better than In-N-Out burger. 
all the Californians that are watching this just went crazy that I said that, I promise you. <laughs> I can but, imagine. Uh, I mean, it, they'll always want to go there and get hamburgers. Like, that's rough, too. But, I mean, I, I get paid based off my performance, so I'm not going to cheat. You know, especially when I'm cutting, it's close to a five. It just won't happen. Well, you got to be a professional, right? Yeah, I mean, that ain't easy. Yeah. You can't be, a, you know, tiramisu in it during weigh-in week or anything like that, going Khabib style. No, uh, but uh, I do have a bad problem of getting fat in between fights. Like, uh, I, don't know, I, just, I think it's just I deprive myself so much of everything I want, and then all of a sudden you can have whatever you want. It's like, oh, ice cream every day, pizza and hamburgers and all this other stuff. And that, that's probably the roughest in between fights because you got to cut it out when you start training. It'd be better just to stick at a continuous weight the whole time. But, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm still new to the sport, so I'm getting better every fight, though. Are you working with anybody directly with, like, nutrition and meal prep planning or anything like that or just kind of just going along with it? Um, well, we have, like, guidelines. <clears throat> I follow the same thing that Cortez does and my wife. God bless her. She tries to meal prep for me. I make things rough sometimes. I'm always forgetting everything. Forgetting my food or this, that, and the other. I mean, uh, sometimes I'll cheat. I'm not going to lie. I'm human. But if I were to eat the meals that she made, I'd be golden. I'd be fine. So, I guess of the uh, of the healthy side of things, we've talked a lot, you know, we've said about pizza to the ice cream and all of that. You know, of the good training type of food, I guess the, the lean cuisine, if you will, what's your favorite? Like, what's your go-to meal? Uh, oh, man, I like everything. I like sweet potatoes. If they, I mean, uh, yeah, I'd probably go with a sweet potato. I love it. I love sweet potatoes. You can bake them, you can fry them, it doesn't matter. I'll eat them. I like sweet potatoes. You must be one of Cortez's guys. Why? Does he, he, he talk about sweet potatoes? He said the same thing. Did he really? Yeah, he mentioned, he mentioned sweet potatoes too. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that is, that is crazy that way. So I guess to ask you just a couple of rapid fire questions kind of uh, related to, uh, to MMA on that side of things. As it, comes to, uh, as it comes to the grappling side of things, what do you prefer, wrestling or jiu-jitsu? Mm, well, I, I compete in gi tournaments, but... Uh, as far as MMA, I would say wrestling was more important. Wrestling was so, more Okay. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. For MMA, yeah. Dutch style or Muay Thai style kickboxing? Uh, Dutch style. Dutch style? Okay. Yeah. Overall stand-up, what's your favorite style? What's your favorite discipline? Whatever I can hit them with. <laughs> Whatever you can. Yeah. If I can touch them, I like it. Okay. Okay, very nice. Um, so let, let's see here. What's another favorite guy that you've had a chance to roll with? Favorite guy that I've rolled with? Rolled or sparred with, you know, that you've trained with. Oh, man. Uh, there's probably two of them. Uh, Mark De La Rosa, he's a 35er in the UFC. He beat the shit out of me. Um, Ah, uh, man, I can't say enough good things about him. He probably didn't even remember who I am, but he gave me an ass whooping. And then uh, Yusuf, who just fought, I think he was undershirt too, because I saw the peanut on yep. his short. 
that dude, that dude's bad. He's awesome. I was part of him one time, and he's uh, he's fun to watch, dude. He's probably one of my favorite fighters to watch. Shout out to my boy Yusuf the Moroccan Devil Zalal, sponsored fighter for comments from the Peanut Gallery. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, he's definitely a charismatic character for sure. Yeah. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully his performance the other night gets him uh, gets him a big call coming next. Yeah, they need to sign him. Just get over with all this crap. And sign the dude. Yeah, you know, a lot of those guys from Factory X, they're uh, they're absolutely lighting up the competition pretty much everywhere that they're going right now. So shout out to Coach Montoya and Factory X down there in Englewood too. Yeah, and then next fight, I'm trying to go out there for camp. So nice. Hopefully, I'll those dudes pretty soon. Get that altitude training, man. Come out to come out to Denver and experience that good air. Yeah, it's like comparing. We had some uh, some guys go compete at. Uh, at Worlds up there, it was a grappling tournament, and uh, they were complaining about the air. It was real hard to catch their breath and stuff. And I've never been at an altitude, so I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I'm sure it sucks. It's definitely a difference, you know. I can only imagine what it was like for all of those athletes that competed on that LFA card last weekend because that was in Vail. So I don't know if you're familiar with Vail at all, but it's a it's a big ski resort town. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, way above, you know, probably around, you know, 10,000 feet, somewhere or somewhere in that general ballpark in that range, almost a couple of miles above sea level. Like, that's, that's a pretty high altitude, you know, location to, to have a fight. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I definitely think that I, it was definitely, it was a benefit for a lot of those that acclimated themselves to the altitude prior to, uh, prior to contest time. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, it's not like they're getting paid a lot, so going out there two weeks before would be rough. I mean, it'd be hard for those guys. Right, right. No, and that, that's where, you know, with, uh, with I feel like Denver kind of has a, has a pretty solid space to be in general. You're already at a mile high, especially, you know, if you were to go from De- just Denver alone down to, you know, like Oklahoma or somewhere in there, you're looking at a pretty significant swing on that side, and I'm sure, you know, that's something that Cortez could speak to pretty freely on that. Yeah, he's mentioned that, that it's, uh, you go from up there to down here, and you just do way more. Your lung capacity's better, you can breathe better, just cardio, everything's better. The way he made it sound anyways. But I haven't experienced it, so kind of like, you know, I don't know what that sounds <laughs> Just don't have the personal experience there with it. Yeah. So what uh, what do you typically do? Like, what's your cardio like? What Are, are you more of like a Metcon guy, or are you a long-distance kind of guy? What do you prefer? Um... Man, I hate working out, to be honest. I just like hitting stuff. But uh, we run three or four days a week, and then we have strength training. Usually it's some sort of interval. But uh, most of my conditioning is done on the mat, just wrestling on the mat, sparring on the mat. I think of that more more so my conditioning. I want to do my sport for my conditioning. You know, I'm, not, I'm not a crossfitter, so I'm not going to do crossfit shit. But that's my, my uh, take on it anyways. I could dig that. You know, there's just there's some that are huge, you know, that love just doing a bunch of, you know, extra cardio on top of it based off of, you know, being volume type of fighters or so on and so forth, pace setters, your cowboys of the world. Right. Well, uh, last fight, my coach had me running for an hour on Saturdays. And uh, I think that kind of helped a little bit because I tend to have a really good start and then kind of fade as the rounds go. Not fade, but I slowed down slightly, and this fight I didn't. Last one I didn't. It just same pace, whole time, 
I felt great, so. That's good. Got to stick with what works then, right? Yes, sir. So, given that uh, all of this works out for you, what's the next step? Uh, to get signed with UFC or Bellator is the ultimate goal. That way I quit my day job. And that would be nice. So that, that's, that's my goal as of this moment to get signed this year to Bellator or UFC. Whoever pays more. Gotta go where the money is. So yeah, pretty much. If, uh, you know, in a perfect world, how many more fights on the rest of the year are you looking to take? Uh, well, I had six fights last year, so I'm hoping to match that, but some injuries kind of sidelined me for a few months, but I think I get six or seven in this year. Okay. How's the hammy and everything feeling on you? Are you feeling better with all of that now? Oh, yeah. I felt fine. We sparred Sunday, or no, no, we sparred Friday, and then box sparred Sunday. I ran six miles yesterday, so I'm, I'm fine. I'm back to normal. That's good, then. So... So just real quick, if uh, people are popping in right now at this point, where can people follow you at online? Uh, you can hit me up on Daniel Scary Carry on uh, Facebook, and you know my and my Instagram is the same thing. What is it? Oh, Daniel Scary Carry on Instagram as well. Sorry, I had to ask my my buddies over there. Got to make sure that we have it right. That way, people know where to follow you. Right. Oh, wait, it's Daniel Scary Carrying. Yeah, that's it. Yep. All right, cool, cool, cool. So, yo, everybody out there listening, this is Daniel Scary Carry. He's uh, he's one of my man, Cortez Coleman, out of Concord BJJ down there in Ada, Oklahoma's boys. He's got some big stuff on the horizon coming out there. So hopefully you'll be seeing him very shortly with uh, with Bellator to the Dana White Contender Series out there. Like I say, this is comments from the peanut gallery. You should be able to, by the time this episode goes live, be able to pull us up online, galleriesofpeanuts.com. Check out our online shop. We've got our shirts that are going to be available, along with our hats, along with a lot of other merchandise. So everybody that's out there, make sure you pop on by, see what uh, see what's available. So as far as uh, transitioning back to our conversation here, what, uh, you know, what is the biggest life lesson that MMA has taught you? find a way to push through with hard work and determination so everybody that's out there listening take that as your uh, as your point from mr scary carry here bite down on that mouthpiece keep on working quit bitching pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so uh you know in terms of any sort of you know parting ways as we kind of transition toward the end of uh, end of our conversation here what what would you like to share with the people out there that we might not have been able to discuss or talk about so far uh 
as soon as you asked me that, my mind went blank. But I would like to uh, give one shout out to my buddy Zach who got me the shirt. That's one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, yeah, there ain't nothing. Just stay tuned, and I'm gonna be out there real soon, and um, going on to bigger and better things. You hear it right there, damn, Daniel. In case you guys didn't be able to see the screen, I know that I, you know, I don't have the biggest display in the world. We're working on a budget over here, but we're trying to move on to bigger things as well. So for everybody out there listening, like I say, this is Comments from the Peanut Gallery. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm here rocking it live with my man, Daniel Scary Carey from Concord BJJ down there in Ada, Oklahoma. Looking for some big things coming for him out there here on the near horizon. I also want to throw a quick shout out to the Lone Wolf Beard Company. They are Colorado's premium all-natural beard products provider. They are a partner now of the Comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. So looking forward to everything coming out of that relationship in the future too as well. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the people out there, Daniel? Uh, no, no, ain't nothing. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to, uh, to come be a part of the project here. We'll be making sure that we share the love for you as much as we can out there. All right, I appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so for the people out there listening, we'll be parting ways with you, playing the song Not So Quiet Storm from, uh, from Beyond Bridges, Colorado's leading rock reggae group. Have a great day. Peace out. So alone. And when you go, 
the wolf is here. The Lone Wolf Beard Company is Colorado's premium beard company offering 100% all-natural products to bearded beasts of all different shapes and sizes. Pick up your original scented product now and stand out from the pack. Because hey, let's be honest, you weren't meant to be in a pack and you were brought in this world to stand out and leave a mark. So unleash the wolf within, howl at the moon, and conquer your goals. Leave a mark, be a wolf, and seize the day. That's the Lone Wolf Beard Company. Colorado's premium beard company offering 100% all natural products.